Hey listeners, it's Adriana here from The City Speak. I wanted to let you know that we are hard at work getting season three ready to bring to your ears this spring. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy a few bonus episodes from all of us here at The League. From the League of Minnesota Cities, this is City Speak. I'm your host, Luke Fisher. Today's episode is part of our series on the 2020 legislative session, bringing you a preview of what we expect to see at the Capitol this year, highlighting issues that we know matter most to cities. I'm joined in studio today by Ann Finn. Ann is a member of the League's Intergovernmental Relations team, where she's a lobbyist at the Capitol on a wide range of issues. She's here today to give us a preview of what you should look out for in the coming months related to bonding and city street funding. And thanks for being here. We're excited to know what's on your radar as we prepare for the session. Well, thanks, Luke. I'm happy to be here, too. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the bonding bill and the process um, that that goes through during a legislative session. Mm -hmm. And um, I should note that some of the issues I'll be covering today are issues that Craig Johnson also covers. Um, He's not able to be with us today, but the bonding bill will include uh, subjects, including uh, transportation and water. Craig is our lead on water issues, and so I'll be mentioning a few of those as well. Great. So the starting point for the bonding process in a legislative session is the governor's release of his bonding proposal. The governor is proposing a bonding bill in the amount of about $2.5 billion. That's one of the higher level bonding bills that we've seen in the legislative process. And you said billion, right? Billion. Billion dollars. Okay. Yeah. So $2.5 billion. And that's, that is essentially state borrowing for what they call capital investment projects. And what that means is uh, those dollars, if they are passed by the legislature, will be invested in infrastructure projects Mm -hmm. that are public in nature. The House uh, DFL majority will be eventually releasing their own bonding proposal. They're talking about as much as $3.5 billion for their proposal. The Senate right now is controlled by the Republicans and they are proposing a bill that probably will be less than $1 billion. So that really sets the stage for uh, pretty intense negotiations between the House and Senate and governor over not only uh, what's in the bonding bill, but how much they want to spend. Sure. Um, Another topic um, that I'll be following during this legislative session is city street funding. And we have three bills that were introduced in 2019 that would help cities pay for infrastructure on their own system. Uh, The first of those is the Street Improvement District Initiative that the League has brought forward many of the last uh, years. And that would allow cities to establish districts within their boundaries and collect fees from property owners to pay for Mm -hmm. street infrastructure. That's one initiative. We also have an initiative that would um, place a surcharge on uh, license tabs and title transfers that would pay for uh, long-term funding for the small cities assistance account. That's an account that uh, specifically aids cities with populations under 5,000 and would help them uh, pay for some of their street uh, maintenance and improvements. The other part of that would go toward uh, non-municipal state aid streets in state aid cities. Now, This is getting a little bit into the weeds, Mm -hmm. but cities over 5,000 population get a percentage of the dedicated revenues from the gas tax and other constitutionally dedicated transportation 
um, funds, mm -hmm. but it doesn't go very far. And so we would like to see a dedicated funding source for those non-state aid streets in state aid cities. And then finally, um, as part of the bonding bill, we are hoping to secure an account that would help cities with their cost participation. Anytime a uh, county or state road uh, goes through a city and mm -hmm. it's improved or expanded, the city is on the hook for some of the cost of that. It can be really detrimental for a city budget. And mm -hmm. sometimes we're hearing from cities that have to defer um, funds from their own system to help be a good partner to the state or the county. And we would like to have some dollars available for that purpose um, within hopefully the bonding bill. The last thing I want to cover, and this um, is something that I know Craig Johnson will be following much more closely. The Minnesota Pollution Control Agency has launched what they're calling stakeholder meetings to discuss municipal wastewater and industrial wastewater permit fees. These will be held throughout the state during the month of February, and this will essentially inform a rulemaking process mm -hmm. that the MPCA will go through later this year. So we are encouraging our cities to pay attention to that. This will be a local cost. Um, it's almost certain that those permit fees will be increased, mm -hmm. and we want to make sure city officials can help inform um, the rates. That's great. And thanks for the overview of everything you're going to keep track of at the session for us this year. You know, I want to talk a little bit more about this bonding bill. You threw out some really big numbers. The House DFL is at $3.5 billion billion with a B, that's a big number. The governor's at 2.5 billion, that's a significant number. And even the Senate number of just under a billion dollars is a lot of money. What goes into making a bonding bill and why is the governor the first one out of the gate with his proposal? Really good question, Luke. We typically have a bonding bill in the even years of uh, the legislative session and that would be the second year of the state's fiscal biennium. Sometimes, though, we do have a bonding bill in the odd years. Mm. Last year, the House had a lot of interest in putting out a bonding bill. The Senate had no interest in passing one. So the point of this is um, there's a lot of pent-up demand right now for bonding projects. There have been requests coming in mm -hmm. from cities and counties and state agencies over the past year and a half or so um, to fund some of these projects that are, in many cases, really urgently needed. The governor... Uh, typically is the first person to mm. propose a package. And then the House and Senate kind of react to that. Sure. And then they come forward with their own proposals. Now, the governor's proposal has funding for lots of different accounts that are uh, appreciated by local units of government, mm. including things like water infrastructure funding, point source implementation grants. We have uh, $200 million in that bill for... Sure housing finance, and money for local roads and bridges, as well as rail, rail crossings. So in addition to that, the governor has tons of um, provisions that would fund earmarked projects at sure. the local level. When we see the House and Senate come out with their bills, they're going to have probably some similarities with the governor's bill, but they'll probably also have a lot of individual projects that come from different legislators' districts. Yeah. Sure. So if I'm a city listening to this today, can I still get a project in the hopper, do you think? Or is this something that really takes a lot more planning and coordination with my local legislator? That's a great question, Luke. Um, cities can have a bill introduced at any point during mm -hmm. the legislative session, but there is a process in place for um, getting a bonding application in. And sure. that 
time, that window has closed at this point. Okay. So, um, but it never hurts to talk to your legislator, lo local legislators, and have them put a bill in on your behalf so that it's out there. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll be considered this year, but it, it might then be in the queue for the next cycle. Sure. So we we always encourage our member cities to uh, get their bills introduced if they have something that's really pressing at the local level. So one of the things that I think is interesting, the House is controlled by Democrats, the Senate is controlled by Republicans, we have a Democratic governor, we're coming into an election year. So hopefully uh, there could be some compromise or some, some way that a bonding bill gets passed because there is a lot of pent up demand for spending and for capital investment. What do you think the likelihood of a bonding bill is this year? And what's your guess if you're reading in the tea leaves or looking in your crystal ball for the amount uh, that you might expect to see in a bonding bill? Well, one thing to keep in mind is that the bonding bill is a very heavy lift. Although many legislators and the governor really want to have a bonding bill, they have to remember that um, it takes a super majority to pass a bonding bill. And that's part of our uh, constitutional requirement. So in the House, they need 81 votes to pass a bonding bill. And in the wow. Senate, they need 41 votes. Hmm. This means that there will have to be some compromise sure. between the House and Senate so that they can get the votes they need on a bipartisan basis to get this thing over the, the finish line. Um, my guess is, um, based on where the numbers are right now, um, I'm hoping that there will be a bonding bill that's around $2 billion. Sure. That said... Uh, the Senate has not been all that willing to go to a higher level. So the Senate has a lot of authority right now over what that looks like. Um, they have to pass it through the House and Senate to get it to the governor. And so th those compromises will happen later on. Um, another thing to remember is that the bonding bill typically is one of the last things that passes. Sure. So even though we're talking about it right now, it's, you know, early in the year. This will probably be something that gets done toward the end of May. Sure. So why is a bonding bill typically later in the session or sometimes even last? The bonding bill is fondly referred to as the dessert. Mm -hmm. And that's because um, typically the projects that are funded in the bonding bill are things that legislators can take home and show showcase to their constituents. Sure. The leadership has typically withheld uh, the ability to vote on that bill until the very end when the other so-called work is done. Sure. Um, the other thing is that, as I mentioned, um, the negotiations are going to be tough. And mm -hmm. it seems like the more difficult negotiations are, the longer it takes to get uh, to a resolution. All right, Anne, we covered a lot of interesting things today, and I really appreciate you sharing so much. That's it for our episode of City Speak. Thanks for tuning in with me, Luke Fisher. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss the start of our third season coming out this spring. If you have a great content idea or story you think we should tell, please reach out to us at podcast.lmc.org. Until next time, take care.